0: I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. The defense is going to do what they do. Last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. your hosts kim carmen and gerard cherry
1: and already we go to week six of the 2022 nfl campaign and your browns back home at first energy stadium as they get set to do battle with the new england patriots good evening friends ken carmen alongside of gerard cherry it is the cleveland browns preview show all along the university hospitals cleveland browns radio network gerard evening friend
2: good evening kenneth
1: You're looking wonderful. You sound robust. Away we go with four downs. First First down. down. All right, we go to the Sunday game against the Chargers. A tough loss at First Energy Stadium. You know, the Browns are two and three, and I believe the combined three losses, Gerard, by a total of six points. It's always the little things in the NFL. A quick thought or two about Sunday's game against the Chargers, bud.
2: Another wasted opportunity that you hope that you get your act together, that it doesn't impact you down the road because, as you just described, Ken, you're losing games by a close margin. And the sad part about it is the way in which you're going about these games, if all three phases would complement each other, then you're more than likely 5-0. and oh. That's not me being facetious by any stretch of the imagination. That's the absolute truth. But you said it right. You have to do the little things right. If you don't do the little things right, like dotting your I's and crossing your T's on on the football field, which is the equivalent of making sure that you're wrapping up when you're tackling, having the right run fits and responsibilities in the secondary, then you're going to lose football games. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. It, w- it was a tough day at the ballpark, obviously, for the Browns and, and, and certainly the defense, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. I think frustrating for everybody involved, people watching the game, obviously the guys playing in that football game because, you know, defensively you ended the game, and I know DVOA and expected rates, you know, those things are different. You know, but total defense, the Browns were a top-five unit during the regular season in 2022. They came in this season w- with high expectations and so far, has it been that way? And, and a lot of Browns players have talked about that, Gerard. You will know, we'll talk about the defense here in a moment. But as a team, how do you stay locked in? Because it hasn't been the type of start that you wanted. But you look around the league, and there's a lot of teams that are 500 or, or a game ahead or behind 500. This is not the type of season we've seen in years past, just looking across the entire landscape of the entire NFL.
2: And that's the thing, though, Can you want to differentiate yourself from the rest of the league, and you have the opportunity to do that. Now, the thing you cannot do is point fingers, but at some point in time, too, someone needs to have another meeting and say, you know what, you need to hold up your end of the bargain. And granted, there are going to be moments when the offense doesn't do its job or special teams doesn't do its job, but when it's consistent week-to-week performance that are poor on one side of the ball, someone, from a leadership standpoint, and player accountability needs to say something because you don't want to be like the rest of the league. You have opportunity to, again, differentiate yourself from the rest of the league and be a team that's winning football games and put yourself in a position where you are playoff bound and hopefully Super Bowl bound.
1: Yes, sir, you're right about that. Let's take it a second down. Second down. All right, part one, let's talk about that defense. One week the issue, the secondary, the next week the tackling. Over the last three weeks, Gerard, this team has had 31 combined missed tackles. They talked about going back to the basics today as we start the new league week. I don't know. It seems to be very difficult to go back to basics during a league week when you're trying to get ready for an opponent. You know that they're going to be well-coached. You know that they're going to put the the nuts and bolts together, the New England Patriots. going to be very difficult to go ahead and do that this week, Gerard. You know better than anybody here talking about these New England Patriots.
2: Yeah, it will be difficult to do the – Basics, but here's the thing. If you don't do the basics, you will get ran through. If you don't know the basics and you don't have the basics of tackling down, and I don't even know if it's an issue of the basics of knowing how to tackle. You don't get to the National Football League and not know how to tackle, and all of a sudden, week five or week four, you forget how to tackle. The issue is what's your attitude? What's your demeanor? What's your approach to tackling? What's your desire when it comes to tackling? Do you want to bring that guy down more than he wants to run the ball? Now, if it's a situation where he's just more physically gifted than you, then I'll respect that. But I'm sorry, Eckler's a heck of a running back. But you can't tell me he's that much more gifted than the guys that were responsible for tackling him. And granted, mm-hmm. the week prior to that, similar issue. But it wasn't just simply Caleb missing Huntley. tackles. It's how you run through a guy. Are you yeah. wrapping him up? Or are you just trying to make some fantastic da dun dun da nut type of hit? where you're not even bringing him with your legs, and you're just simply hitting him thinking he's going to fall down. That's not how you tackle. So I guess the basics would. I don't even guess. I know you need to go back to the basics because, again, Ken, if you don't tackle, you will lose.
1: I wish people could see my face when you did that. Dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. It was very nice, Gerard. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I couldn't help but smirk because I – I don't know if the new bloods. I don't know if they know the da 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 the way that you and I would know the da 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 da. The tackling is a bit of a problem there. Uh, offensively, can you ask for anything more from this group? They've been pretty good. But no, they're
2: they doing been their pretty job. Pretty
1: good. Yeah. they can't
2: do the defense's job for them too. Now you can make the argument. Well, can you guys do a little bit more ball control in certain situations? Yeah, you can. But again, if you would have told these same guys who prior to the season were like, "Hey, we want to be a top five defense," if I told them. Guess what? The first five weeks of the season, the offense is going to be averaging well over 20-some, 20, at least over 21 points a game. You think you guys can hold them to 17 points or lower? And I'm pretty sure they said, yeah, especially considering who the opponent was. And when you think about the Chargers and what they were able to accomplish from a pass defense standpoint, that was pretty impressive. The issue became the run defense. Running, stopping the run is an issue of desire, Ken. It really boils down to that. Do you want to hit that guy? Do you yeah. want to bring that guy down? What's your energy left effort from a team defense standpoint? Go back and watch the film and tell me how many guys you see swarming into the football like their like heads on fire. You don't Truck. see that level of intensity with this football team right now, and that's a problem.
1: Well, I had another question, but you just answered it right there, so we'll just move right on ahead to third down, buddy. Third down. they Excuse me, I got to do this in Belichick invoice. Three, two, one. No, well, Belichick doesn't provide bulletin board material. He showers his opponents with praise. Five minutes and thirty worth to start his presser, including this bite on tight end David Njoku. Hit it. Njoku, productive tight end. You know, after Ozzie, probably the best tight end the Browns have ever had. Which that's saying something.
2: <laughs> well. Wow.
1: I did not hear that before that clip. That was uh wow. Wow.
2: Do not fall for the banana in pipe. Do not fall for the okie doke Do not fall for now, the Now, hold on. Now,
1: he might now, – now, I'm not trying to – okay, go ahead. Now, we can debate that for just a second. I'm interested in this. Go ahead No, Hold on now for just a second. I'm talking about talent here. Now, hold on. Let me go look up – because I know I, – hey, I get it. There's some – there's some Rays and Mikes in Brook Park who are going to go. Yeah, Ken, what are you going to say? Now hold on here, hold on. <laughs> I'm not this. comparing him to Ozzy. right? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to compare him to Ozzy. I'm just, and let me go down the list of tight ends. Go ahead, say what you were going to say. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just. David and Joku is a talent. No, de, no denying that. And if yes. he keeps going the rate he's going, he's well on his way of doing some great things for this football team and the organization. I'm not denying that. What I am saying is that bill does this type of stuff on purpose to disarm you with the idea that hey i'm going to show you nothing but flowers and give you your flowers and your bouquet while you're alive and then hope that on sunday that you do not decide to show up because of the simple fact i praised you and this team has been guilty of just this and on the offensive side of the ball i've seen it and on the defensive side of the ball and you're saying what are you talking about the idea that if someone just tells me and acknowledges how good i am i don't go out there and give my full-fledged effort that actually happens where guys get caught up in what people are saying about them than actually playing the game itself. So I'm hoping when David hears this, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go out there and back it up and show you why he's saying these type of things, why I think it is true. So what were you going to say?
1: Probably something stupid because, I mean, the, you had – we had Milt Morin, who was really good, I remember. But reading about it, I don't remember him. I never got to see him play, obviously. I think his career ended in, what, 73, 74. well you dug in the crazy. I want to say – and then yeah, Winslow. Well, you read about him. Yeah, you got him. Um. There was Chip Glass. I mean, I'm digging deep for some of these names, obviously, because I'm trying to think about. Big Gary.
2: You have for one season. He bought out.
1: You know, Gary. Now, Gary was a Gary was a much better player because like you always get, especially at the tight end. Every time you get a new coach, like. You always, especially at the tight end, like a coach always has a guy that when you come into a new place, you just bring in a guy that you had as an assistant that you're like, all right, I'm bringing him in because he understands me, and he's going to be in the locker room, and he's going to he's gonna help set the tone. He's going to get guys on my side.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
1: going to help them understand. Right. Like, culture. hey, Jim Leonard, right? Jim mm-hmm. Leonard, culture guy. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? You, you, you know exactly what I'm saying. And I thought Gary was going to be that guy. And Gary ended up being a nice player. Yeah. Gary ended up being a really nice player for us.
2: Made a pro Bowl, um, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, and I, uh, Milt was a two-time, three-time pro Bowler? Two-time pro bowl. Um 75 was his last year with the Cleveland Browns. Um, David's probably already
2: top five. Yeah, I would put him in that category.
1: Already top five. I mean, Ozzie's one of the best to ever do it. So, it, it, But other than Ozzie... There's not a lot of guys who have been here too terribly long to really put in that category. You understand right. what I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. Like it's not. I mean, like when you look at Browns like offensive linemen, there's been some offensive linemen who've been here for a long time. When you look at some of the defensive backs that they've had, when you've looked at some of the some of I mean, the running backs David, that they've
2: had, yeah, name someone prior to David. Like I said, Kevin Kellen Winslow Jr. comes to mind. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he had there, two there's really some...
2: really good years and he got himself sidetracked, obviously due to. The incident on the motorcycle.
1: Some people are saying Steve Hyden. Steve Hyden was a nice one. Yeah, Steve he had a good was a career. nice one.
2: I believe he wore number 82. Am I right?
1: I believe he did. I yeah. believe he did. Ricky Dudley for a moment there. Yeah, Rick um, was there. Former Raider. Mark, uh, in the words of Pat Summerall, the tight end Mark Bavaro was here for a year. <laughs> he was. Uh, with Bill Belichick. Yeah, with Bill Belichick. So, he was to, a, so
2: Mark used to come to our practices and just hang out because he lived in New England? Yes. He would just come there and just hang out and like one day I was in the uh I was in the training room getting some treatment and we just would he'd come in on a regular basis for that week for some Wait. reason and we would just talk about life man. it was the funniest thing ever matter of fact well, he was they- like you know what you should do you should go into financial services that'd be a good career for you <laughs> <laughs> With, and, and speak of the
1: devil when you're talking about a guy taking over a job Mark Bavaro came with – he was one of Belichick's Uh guys who came with the Giants uh, or came from the Giants. Uh, Pepper Pepper Johnson Johnson, Johnson as well. Pepper Johnson as well. You're right about that. All right. Uh, Time for for fourth down, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, fourth down. Fourth Fourth down. down. All right, Gerard, if you were the Patriots, what does the week look like in terms of preparing for the Browns? What would the message be from Bill? I mean, there can't really be. These guys are young. There's no – Connection That was 95. I mean, these guys, a lot of these guys were born way after that. I don't think there's any connection anymore.
3: Nah,
2: but he, he still tells the story of. Do... Yeah, he still tell the story of how. The media
1: would... might ask these guys in the locker room. but
2: yeah, They will, it. but he'll yeah. tell the stories of, of one of the history of the Cleveland Browns and what it represents and how he got ran out of town, so to speak, and how the people there don't like him. But it's not about him. It's about this football team and what we're going to do on Sunday versus the team. And on top of that. Though the record speaks to 2-3, and three, this is one of the most talented football teams you'll see. And the thing that you don't want to do is not do your job. The thing that you do not want to do is not do your proper technique. So everything that we're not doing, he's going to reiterate to his team that they better do because if they don't do it, they're going to lose. He's going to play it out, and he's right. This is a very talented football team. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not playing complimentary football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So he's going to let them be known that, hey, this team has the potential to be 5-0. and And he's going to show clips of great plays on offense, great plays on defense. He's going to show Cade York making that field goal against the Panthers. He's going to do everything to scare this football team and seeing that, hey, these guys have the potential to beat you, so you better bring your A game. Do not rest on the fact that they gave up 238 yards on the ground this past Sunday and prior to that, another 200 yards. Put that out of your mind. They have the ability to wake up any moment, and Miles Garrett and Jadavian Klonick could shut down everything that you guys want to do. That's how he's going to approach it.
1: Yeah, and Ramadre Stevenson running like crazy, career-high 161 yards just Ooh. last week against the Detroit Lions, and you hear a lot of people, I mean, they were saying last week they were better off just putting up cones out there. So uh, right now <laughs> it, you are you are seeing a lot of the people showing up some of the run fits, and you're going to have your work cut out for you against this Patriots team, especially if they – even if they have Mac Jones coming back, they're going to want to take care of Mac Jones, but especially with a rookie like Bailey happy, they're going to want to take care of him, the young kid out of western Kentucky, and that is – Four downs. Hey, if you're going to Sunday's game, make sure you get into First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with express access presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus... Each game you use express access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autograph merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Coming up in a bit, Gerard and I will take you around the league, but coming up next, I go one-on-one with Browns guard Wyatt Teller. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker, K. George. This is Browns quarterback, Jacoby
0: Brisset.
2: This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns radio network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns.
1: Back at Berea, Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. The Browns getting set to take on the New England Patriots coming up Sunday at First Energy Stadium. And to preview, it, we welcome in Wyatt Teller. Wyatt, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right we got to go through Sunday to go through this Sunday. Can you take us through the Chargers game the best you can?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it sucks losing another one. You know, that was a close-fought game. Um, You know, it's still, you know, it hurts. Everybody's upset, but our defense, you know, our offense, we had an opportunity to win right there at the end. Um, You know, I believe in our kicker. I'll take him 10 times out of 10. You know, he's young, but uh, he's got a boot on him, and he's going to make a lot more kicks than he misses.
1: Hopefully so, and, uh, you know, that's part of the being a youth and being young. I say being a youth, like I'm yeah. not still, yeah. <laughs> Either way. Um, getting ready for this Sunday, though. You know, weather's still hopefully going to be pretty decent for you guys out there, but the weather is changing. How much does that change your offense, when, especially when you got a couple of running backs back there like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I don't read all that statistics, but coaches are telling us that you know we're leading the league in, in rush attempts. You know, I think we're, you know it's neck and neck with a couple teams, but for the most part, we're uh, we're leading in rushing. So let's just keep doing that. Um, you know, we got to execute and stay on the field on third down, which I think we've you know done these first five games. But you know, can even get better scoring the scoring the red zone, um, and we're a tough team to beat. How you feeling? Feeling good, a little sore here and there. Uh, you know, once you get into the two months into football, you realize, yeah, this is uh, this is a grind. It's a uh, it's a twenty it's a seventeen week marathon. You know, it's a uh, you know seventeen sprints, eighteen sprints for you know what feels like a marathon.
1: What are some of the things defensively that the Patriots have shown you that you can tell us about?
3: They're good. They're uh, they're coached well. I mean, obviously, you know, um, they're all the coaches over there, are, you know, well coaching their players you know good players you know talent and they know what to do it's it's a it's always gonna be a hard defense to play um you know last year they after we uh i think we beat the snot out of the uh Bengals, and then they came out and had our numbers so um hopefully we can uh you know build on that you know make you know learn from last year's film you know i didn't have a great great game last uh last year so you know kind of the maturity of playing in this nfl is you know getting better from year to year you do watch last year's film oh yeah i think that that's uh you know at the end of the day our philosophy hasn't changed you know you know it might be eye candy here and there but you know we we ran the ball we kind of fell into a place where we couldn't run the ball um they were up by you know three touchdowns it's hard to run the ball when when you got to go score points um and a pass is usually a little bit more effective when you can throw it 50 yards down the yard with
1: the offensive line a couple of different faces that you've had to work with this year you know james hudson's done a good job over there on the right side you know, you've had Jedrick Wills back this year. Then you've had Jack Conklin back this year. And then Ethan Posick has done a good job. What's that been like? Is it continuity between the players? Is it, is it Bill Callahan? I'm sure it's been a blend.
3: Take us through. Yeah, no, it's definitely been a blender. Um, a blend of players and, a, you know, a blender that you're thrown into when you're in the NFL. Um, you know, experience is everything. I've learned that, uh, you know being, you know, only five years in the NFL, you know, experiences a lot. You know, the time you spend next to someone, um, you know, that chemistry you grow obviously means a lot. But, you know, with Nick going down, what was it, preseason game number one, play two, right? You know, it it, it sucks, but Poe has stepped up. Poe's a great player. Poe's smart. Um, he works hard, and he gets us. He's a great communicator. Uh, we always make a joke that uh, – um he's always locked in he's uh he's always watching film he's always you know uh sometimes it's hard to get him to joke because he's just so locked in um and if you know anything about joel and i um and jc last year all we did was uh you know elbow and rib each other and joke joke around so um you know he's he's a great great leader in that inside um you know joel and i you know we're playing you know ups and downs you know we got to continue to get better um and then you know our tackles you know health is everything and You know, it's uh, they've been playing healthy, and that's that's all that matters.
1: So, what's your weekly schedule? I mean, yesterday was a day off. Today's Wednesday, first day of the week in the in the NFL week. So, what do you do today?
3: Yeah, I mean, usually you try to recover. I got a massage on Monday. Uh, Try to you know watch a game, uh, get into your uh, get into your game room, kind of you know finish what's. You know, Monday after a game, you're kind of finishing what happened the day before, and then you know you're kind of moving on, and you got to learn from it. You got to write down what what you did wrong, what you did good, and you know learn from both. Um, wins or losses, you know, kind of have to handle them the same. You know, at the end of the day, you know you're winning. You know, if you're five and zero, oh, it feels a lot better than two and three, but at the end of the day, you still got to get better each week. Um, you know, this 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 schedule isn't getting any easier, and you know, right now I'm focused on the Patriots. What's Thursday and Friday like? Uh, usually Thursday, Friday, you'll you'll get into uh, longer days on practice, especially with Wednesday, long day in practice. Um, Thursday, you're getting into watching the third down, backside of zones, you know, certain things that they're, you know, um, the auxiliary stuff, like how they're going to um, set this up, you know, what what's their stance look like, all this different stuff. Um, and then, you know, by Friday, Saturday, you kind of uh, solidified the plan. You're getting into it. There might be a couple late ads. Um, you know, we're getting into our uh, – um, you know short yardage, red zone, goal line, all this different stuff where we need to start um, really focused on what they 're doing there um, you know by saturday afternoon with with bill Callahan as a coach we 've watched probably you know two thousand snaps, most of them over and i 'm not even kidding wow. you know, uh, three or four hours of film a day will uh, will lead to that you know um, coaches we always make a joke that coach always has about 500 clips and we get through about 250, um, every, every meeting. So, you know, morning and afternoon you're trying to get it through, um, you know, bill makes sure that we, we see it, but then we got to go respond and we got to go block it.
1: December will be here before we know it. You, uh, you and the Mrs. Ready over there.
3: Yeah. A little boy on the way. No, we're, uh, we're excited. Um, I just had my friends in town from college and they all had their babies in town. So, uh, and if they, if they showed me one thing, it's, uh, Kids are a lot of work, so we're gonna. I'm excited. Um, you know, we're both excited um, to have a little baby Teller in in the world.
1: Now, um, did they all play football too?
3: Your buddies? Yeah. So um, my one friend, he's from high school, and he has a uh, Chloe, a little girl. Uh, Cliff. He um, he used to play high school football, but he wasn't the uh, wasn't the his bones weren't the best. He oh. I think he broke his arm like tw- two years in a row. Was like. I can go work on, because uh, his dad was a construction worker, and now he owns that business. As I can go work construction and be fine. And he hasn't, I think he stapled his hand one time, but for the most part, he stayed healthy. And it's funny, where in college, he just couldn't, or in football, not college, in high school, you know, he just couldn't stay healthy. And now, now he's working constru- construction, probably doing way worse things to his body and <laughs> is healthy. Um, and then my other buddy, Vinny Mahota, um, he was our D-end um, he uh, at Virginia Tech. He's you know all world. He was an engineer uh, for four years, and then I think uh, his senior year, every single class was during football, including classes on Saturdays. So it was hard to be an engineer <laughs> and do football. So he had to kind of get away from it. But he's mathematics, and you know he's uh, he's uh, he's doing good things for um, you know he's got a good job now and building building bombs for uh, the defense. So
1: new coach. You like the direction so far? It's the new coach. Things are still new right now.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not too bad. <laughs>
1: there you go. Wyatt Teller joining us here on the show. So direction for Sunday, back at home again. Always nice to be back in front of the home fans, I take it.
3: Yeah, I just want to give the home fans a couple more wins. I mean, obviously, it sucks that we dropped two close ones at home. Um, you know, home games, home field advantage. You know, we have a crazy loud fan base that we need to, uh, to utilize. Um, you know, it's, it's been tough. Uh, you know I remember, you know, the past couple years that I've been here, you know, winning at home is something that we can that we've you know, been good at and we just need to continue to win and you know, it's still not over. I know a lot of people are like, ah, it's two losses. Well not you know, we forget about <laughs> the the years of 0 and sixteen, one and fifteen, three and thirteen, so
1: do you pay attention to the other teams? Because the AFC's
3: been weird this year. A lot of 500, a, yeah. a lot of weird games. Yeah. I've noticed, yeah. I mean, I also feel like, you know, there's been a lot of close games. I mean, a lot, a lot of close games, a lot of good football, and a lot of bad football. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, things where people are doing the right thing and, you know, things are going the wrong way. So, um, you know, I, I try to kind of stay in my niche, stay in, stay in my area, and just focus on, you know, the right guard of the Cleveland Browns.
1: Wyatt, we thank you very much for the time. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Wyatt Teller in the player spotlight. When we come back, Gerard and I are taking you around the league. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network win lose or draw if you don't play to the standard there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team and we're all trying to work to those goals
0: this is the cleveland browns preview show you're listening to the university hospital's cleveland browns radio network here are your hosts Kim Carmen and gerard cherry
1: Getting ready for the Browns and the New England Patriots on Sunday. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry, Join the Browns for a night of painting, drinks, and appetizers at Browns and Brushes. Presented by Brownstown Napa Valley. The event takes place on Thursday, October 27th in the Cardiac Club at First Energy Stadium at 7 p.m. Tickets are $50. Space is limited. For more information, visit ClevelandBrowns.com or give them a call. Four four zero eight nine one fifty fifty. That's four four zero eight nine one. Fifty-fifty 50 Sounds like a lot of fun. Browns and brushes over there at the Cardiac Club. You know, Gerard and I, we do Browns game day from the Cardiac Club at First Energy Stadium. Wonderful place right up there at the top of the steps of the Dog Pound there. So if you're looking for a night out, fantastic time. I'm sure it will be for everybody. Thursday, October 27th, Browns and brushes. Go ahead and give a call 440-891 50 Now usually this is where we go around the league. We'll take a quick break coming up here soon, but looking over the divisions right now, Gerard, we'll do a quick around the divisions if we want to and let's just look around the AFC North if we want to right now and take a look at what's going on around the AFC North because there's been some consternation yeah. around the AFC North and a lot of conversation around the Bengals at two and three and you know you got a couple of coaches here and Zach Taylor and Kevin Stefanski who you have Kevin Stefanski who takes over as the head coach for the Cleveland Browns And there's been no question about his play calling in a lot of ways. And then you have Zach Taylor, where there's been tons of questions about his play calling in a lot of ways. And then Mm -hmm. there's been great offense by the Cleveland Browns. And now all of a sudden, in Cincinnati, things have sputtered. Mm -hmm. Now, the offensive line play has been scattershot at best. Their best offensive lineman over the last couple of games has been Jonah Williams. He gets hurt Mm -hmm. against the Baltimore Ravens just the other night. And now they have some problems with some injuries with T. Higgins. Joe Mm -hmm. Mixon hasn't been himself. What's Uh going on with the Cincinnati Bengals, my friend?
2: (laughs) For me, it's really simple. These dudes don't understand and didn't understand that when you make it to the Super Bowl, there is a bullseye on your back, on your chest, on your helmet, on your legs, and everyone is measuring themselves up against you to see where they are as a football player, as a football team. Now, after a few weeks of losing, that's... Aura that you possess by making it to the Super Bowl will disappear, and people start saying, eh, I don't know if this is even a measuring stick anymore. But initially, first star of the season, you're, you, the people measure themselves as a football player against you and as a team. So that's a pressure with that, and you have to bring more than your A game. You have to surpass the intensity that comes along with that. I don't care if you're on special teams, if you're on offense, defense, coaching staff, everybody included. And then when I look at their approach, I really think they just had this idea that I will just get back there, not understanding that in order to get back there, mm-hmm. and I know this from experience, you have to work even harder than what it took to get there. And that's the part most people don't want to go down that path because, believe me, it's Herculean just to get there. But then to know you're going to sign yourself up for another six or seven to eight months of that type of mental anguish and the pain involved with it, but at the same time, there's something about winning football games that is <laughs> that is very – I won't use the word refreshing because that ain't the proper word. (laughs) But it's just something about that keeps you on that grind to where you have this desire where you have to keep going. You have to keep grinding. And the losses are just as problematic. But it seems to me, Ken, they're cool right now just saying we made it.
1: Now let me ask you this about the Ravens, though. On the other side, they won ugly. And I think that 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 Mm -hmm. can be, when you use the term refreshing, I think that can be that way because their defense only gave up 17 points. We just talked about stalling out the Bengals there. And Lamar, hey, it wasn't the MVP because he's been on par for an MVP for the first month of the season. Mm -hmm. It was not an MVP performance the other night. And a lot of things did not go their way. They got it out. And it's tough to say that because you got the Ravens coming up here very, very shortly Mm -hmm. against the Cleveland Browns. And and that's a good team-building victory for the Ravens considering – they were going through some really emotional stuff over the last few weeks.
2: That's right, you got player fighting with the coach and the mm-hmm. head coach that is, and
1: Marcus Peters very upset. Yeah, ex-
2: exactly, and what that entails. But they found a way to get the job done, and, and yes, Lamar had a couple opportunities to really help submit himself as the MVP if he hits the wide open receivers, but he missed them. But to their credit, they found a way to get the job done. And right now, in my mind, Ken, that's your best team in the AFC North. And they're not even playing consistent either. No one in our conference other than the Steelers playing bad is playing consistently.
1: Yeah, well, i got to ask you about the Steelers because they're accusing – Deontay Johnson getting a paycheck and not caring anymore. I was listening to ninety three <laughs> seven over there, and I went, Whoa! "Ryan Ooh. Clark's accusing him of it now." Ryan Clark now Ryan Clark has a lot of opinions of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm going,
2: "Wow, he said it."
1: those are high crimes right there. Oh, Ooh. Ryan Clark's been calling everybody out there. Mike Tomlin's been saying that uh, there are definitely positions up for grabs, coaching jobs up for grabs right now. It is not very good as Tom Brady and Tampa Bay get set to come to town this weekend. There, so uh, Pittsburgh at one and four, and Kenny Pickett. I'll give him credit; he's looked okay. I know that he's turned the ball over a bunch. Mm-hmm. Some of those haven't been his fault, but he's looked okay. He yeah. has looked okay. I'll yeah. give him that.
2: Uh, 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 we'll give him that. But my my thought on it is this: whenever you bring in a rookie and you have quarterback turmoil, mm-hmm. that is a sign that for some guys that hey, we're in de- we're in development mode. We're What's- in development mode, and I hope the case for Johnson, that's not his mentality, that he's gotten paid, now he's going to shut it down, because the goal should be to play at a high level and be regarded as one of the all-time greats, because when that money runs out, then you can still have something where you can look back and say, I left it all on the football field. Not to say that that money has to run out, but my point being is that you don't want to represent yourself in that manner or fashion, have people be the local or national stage and a platform, telling everyone that you're taking a hiatus because you got paid. Now that is true. Some guys definitely have done that. It well, happens.
1: When he, when he said the term "rebuild," that threw a lot of people off too. Going, wait, you're the one saying rebuild here when you're just the one who got that amount of money. Then doesn't sound very good. Now I don't want to dig in a man's pockets. That's mm-hmm. them talking out there, but. Hey, they're the ones who are one and four. We got to go out and get ourselves a win coming up on Sunday against the New England Patriots. We'll talk more about that coming up in a bit. Folks, be part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or give them a call, 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Gerard and I will take you around the league when we return. It's the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carman and Gerard Cherry.
1: Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea tailgate pregame party Prior to every home game, Twisted T-Tailgate, it's located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. Twisted T-Tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. All right, Gerard, time for us to go around the league. And I tell you what, Jason always gives us the real meat and potatoes when it comes to all this here. I, I said it; he writes all this stuff down. It looks like you're... It looks like the terms and agreements when you buy a new cell phone here. My goodness, I'm going to try to look through this here. First up, Devontae Adams, he was charged with misdemeanor assault after shoving an ESPN photographer to the ground. Does the case have a leg to stand on? Yes. Let's go, (laughs) Matlock. Let's hear what you got over there.
2: It certainly does. I prefer Perry Mason. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> he, well, let's let's see your surprise witness here, Perry Mason. What do you got for us? You think my uncle didn't make me stay up late at night watching Perry Mason? Come on now. Come on now. No, I agree with you. I, I, no, we're always seriously. supposed to disagree.
2: I, but uh. no, I mean, but come on. You're in a city, in a municipality in which they hate the Raiders. On top of that, there are probably elected officials to the bench. In that community, so you don't think some judge is going to dismiss this? That's votes lost. How big are the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City? They're they're everything. So of course, if you have a chance to get the hated Raiders, I mean, they absolutely hate the Raiders there. So of course, it's going to it has legs on it. There'll be well, some type he, of fine. He won't do any jail time, but he'll certainly pay a fine.
1: He asks a good question here. Now, I'm going to speak from experience here. I might not. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna. So, because the question is is where was stadium security? Where was the stadium security keeping that area clear after the game? It says Adams was wrong, but was the act criminal? Uh, criminal in the terms of common sense. I mean, yeah, you can't be shoving. You know, what
2: was criminal? You can't push one on yeah. the ground.
1: Yeah, that guy I mean, you
2: c- got up and pushed him and punched him back. And on top of that, that guy has a right to be there. He wasn't a fan just walking yeah. around and around. He was actually doing his job. He has an armband on yeah. his arm yep. that tells you're him right. he can walk around.
1: Now, you're right about that because, and again, I'll, I'll say this. I've been, obviously you have as a player and as a media member, I've been in the tunnels um, a couple of times, but usually they clear that area clean out of anybody who's not security or team personnel. And I don't think it's because of that, but it is because you have massive men who are in a hurry. It's a camera. They're in a hurry, thing. especially, especially, half guys, at halftime, you have 12 minutes. And 12 minutes is a very short amount of time, and they're very big people, and they're in a hurry, and usually it's to use the bathroom and to get in and out of there, and so when they're in the tunnels... And the area for the landing area at First Energy Stadium, both in the home side and the away side, it's it it is a little bit larger. Now it's not like there's some places. I mean, goodness gracious, it's like Spinal Tap trying to get in and out of that place. I mean, it's <laughs> a, it's this huge long thing. But at, at First Energy Stadium, it's it, it's you got a little bit of space there, but you got big people and they're just they're they got a place to go, and so you have to clear out of that area. But it's also because, especially after a game, yes, emotions I'm sure can run high. They yeah, can they, run high in yeah, that yeah, moment. But the only reason
2: and, they ran high is because he's the one who couldn't get off the line of scrimmage and got jammed up, and then ran to his receiver down the field. And That's not the receiver, cameraman's fault. That's his fault. It's not Do the a bad job of getting fault. your release off the line of scrimmage oh, when you're you get right impressed. You're right about that. You're right so, about I mean, that. I mean, sorry.
1: I'm not. I'm not outraged by it. I'm not uh, over. I'm not overly upset by it. But there, there will be a stiff penalty to pay, and there should probably be some compensation on his end.
2: Well, um, if the guy doesn't get a lawyer. And he started talking about his neck and back are broke.
1: Like Ezzel from Friday.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> it took he, you a minute, but he got it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Alright. What's exactly going on in Miami? Uh Teddy Bridgewater, he's in concussion protocol, even though no one's exactly sure what happened in his one play in on Sunday. Tua he he threw and he, he can throw and he did throw this week, but he's not cleared to play on Sunday per Mike McDaniel. Uh, that's going to leave Skylar Thompson to start against the Vikings on Sunday, the former K-State Wildcat here. So, yeah, What's uh, going Miami, on? Miami Miami in a little bit of a tight spot. I, well, they're being overly cautious after being yes, ripped in the media just, so strongly is what's yes, going it's on. That's another
2: issue of the court. The court of public opinion is now what's at stake, and that's why they're going that's through this. True about I mean, that. Bridgewater passed the test, and they still have opted to keep him out of the game that that's Sunday first, play the game. He's out, for, and he's going to be out this Sunday. That's all this is, is that, making sure that you don't have people saying negative things about how the league and NFLPA has gone about administering when someone's concussed and when they're not. That's what this really boils down to.
1: How does the NFL fix this roughing the passer phantom penalties that are being called right now? (laughs)
2: This problem with it. I don't think they want to fix it. Ultimately, I think ultimately they want to protect the quarterbacks, and ultimately they want to get as close as they possibly can to ensuring that starting quarterbacks are always on the football field, and without putting a red jersey on them, which which indicates it signifies on the practice field that you better not touch this guy because he's a quarterback. That's ultimately where happen. they're going. This started this not. Too, this has been going on a trend for a while.
1: I know, but you knew this was going to happen. Our our, right. our the 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 conversations that we were all having. Well, our talk shows, yours, mine, everybody, was about what was or wasn't going on, or speculating what and was it wasn't going on in medical tents and in, in, in MRI rooms and all that other stuff. That's what we were talking about. We weren't talking about what was being thrown on the field, and you knew it was going to happen. I brought it up. You brought it up. Everybody brought it up. Every fan brought it up, and everybody was right about it. Everybody was right about it. And I don't. I think that eventually it'll cool off. It mm-hmm. will eventually cool off. But we're going to have another problem with it this weekend. It's going to happen again. The Grady Jarrett situation, absolutely, oh, it's, it's going to happen again. Right. It's going to happen again. Fact or fiction. Go ahead. Sorry. Just I was go going ahead. to say I'm
2: even in the uh, was it Chris Jones, that situation,
1: ridiculous. Well, that, to... I don't understand it where he doesn't have the ball anymore. So what are we doing here?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. That go. Uh, Factor fiction. The two best teams of the NFL meet Sunday at four when the Chiefs host the Bills.
2: Fiction. Ooh. The, the, two Eagles best teams, don't play. the two best teams meet in the NFC East when the Cowboys face the Eagles.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the Chiefs would roll both those teams. Anyway, um on Monday after the command is Ron Rivera long for the Commanders. I this is a long thing. He threw he threw Carson Wentz under the bus. I mean a guy like me or you could throw Carson Wentz under the bus all we want. Ron Rivera, I don't know if he could do that. They traded for Carson Wentz not too terribly long ago. He's averaging 3.3 3 yards per pass, which is
2: well, that tells you flag football you know.
1: teams average more per pass, Gerard. Right. I mean, with goodness the blitz gracious. Call on. Yes.
2: <laughs> That's rough. Man, so no, he's not long fork. I mean, you can't sustain this. I mean, you're losing, and he's synonymous with that. And granted, you love the story of what Ron has been able to accomplish of overcoming cancer, but it's time for a new voice. And the fact that he was that candid with the situation, you don't throw your teammate or your player, more importantly, under the bus like that, and I don't think it's going to actually do any harm in the locker room because you know why? The guys okay. in the locker room are saying the same thing, <laughs> and if anything, they might feel encouraging if they were to, to like demote him and put someone else there. Well, but I, that's probably not going to happen.
1: Ron was probably the guy before the guy anyway. Where he, he, I mean, you get what I'm saying there. I yeah, mean, I the guys, totally. the guy was a head coach for a long time. The mm-hmm. guy's been a coach of the year a couple of times. Super Bowl head coach before, or right. has coached in a Super Bowl, right? Going back and, to Panthers days, right. Yeah, you've seen the turmoil that the commanders have been through over the last couple of years. You needed somebody just, all right, let's let's, right, let's calm this down. Exactly. And Ron Rivera, up until now, has been a guy who's been, okay, at least you didn't have to worry about the head coach and what was going on with that stuff, with everything else going on with the commanders. Hey, real quick, and I mean, I do mean real quick, Giants are the worst of the 4-1 and one or better teams in the NFL. Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys, Vikings.
2: I'm gonna go with the Giants, unfortunately. Sorry, yeah. Dave. I can't give you guys no love. He's grown a
1: lot as a coach, boy. No, he's, he's doing tremendously well. He had that team of
2: four-one. Who thought that was gonna happen? Nobody.
1: He's, he's done a tremendous job, and that is around the league. When we come back, we'll tell you what's coming up on Thursday night and what's coming up Sunday morning as the Browns get set to take on the New England Patriots. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: This is Browns kicker, Kay George.
2: This is Browns quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical
1: team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Fans, mark your calendars for Face Off on the Lake, presented by Meyer, the first ever outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets they're on sale right now and starting at just twelve dollars. For more information, visit FirstEnergyStadium dot slash face off, or just go ahead and give us a call four four zero. 891-5050. Also, catch the Kevin Stefanski show with Nathan Zagura and our very own Gerard Cherry tomorrow night from seven to eight at the Greaton Road Tavern. Meet Browns quarterback Josh Dobbs and check out Thursday night football as the guys get you ready for Sunday's game against the Patriots. Gerard Pats, they're coming to town. They're two and three, and you got Bill Belichick coming in who has what two hundred ninety two wins. How do the Browns stop him from getting two hundred and ninety three?
2: Whoa. I didn't realize it was that much.
1: Yeah, two ninety two and one forty six in twenty eight seasons as an NFL head coach. He'll probably be the last guy to do it that many seasons. You don't right. have that anymore.
2: Yeah. Shula, Andy Noel, might be close, those maybe. Guys. Yeah.
1: yeah but, real quick, what do you do to stop
2: him? It's really simple. You stop the run and you continue to do what you have do on done on offense and special team you convert special teams you convert when you have the opportunity. You do that. You win this football game.
1: Absolutely. It all starts 9 a.m. Sunday morning. Browns game day. Myself, Gerard Cherry, 11 a.m. Browns kickoff, Andy Baskin, Divis Powell, 1 p.m. Kickoff, Jim, Nathan, Gerard, First Energy Stadium, downtown Cleveland, Ohio, your Browns trying to knock off the New England Patriots. A big thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jason Gibbs, our technical producer, Meredith Kane, associate producer, doing wonderful, as always, Connor Lawrence. Remember, 9 a.m. on Sunday. Make sure you're listening 7 p.m. on Thursday for the Kevin Stefanski Show. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. thanking you, as always, for listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. hi is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.